How long have I been How here? Long have I been Has here? it been a day? Has it been a day? How long have I been here? Have I been How long have I been Ahoy, listeners! It's me, your friendly piano bar entertainer on board the Paradise, entertaining guests nightly in the Lonely Hearts Club. And I can say that now, because our guests have finally come aboard! We cruise insiders call this embarkation. Nearly 4,000 guests check into their staterooms, are delivered their luggage, and attend a federally mandated muster drill where they learn how to safely evacuate the ship in case of an emergency. These muster drills are fascinating. There are always two types of guests at these. First are the kind who pay attention to every word of instruction. These folks are probably terrified of cruising to begin with, so what better way to start a vacation than a reminder of their own mortality? The second kind are the guests who are already drunk and couldn't care less about evacuation tips. They spend most of the drill taking silly pictures with their life jackets on and are the most likely to drown if the ship is claimed by the abyss. Always take muster seriously, folks. Your body will not be recovered. After the drill is completed, the ship leaves the dock and the entertainment begins. The steel drum Caribbean band plays poolside on the Lido deck while the piña coladas start to flow. It takes a few hours for all the luggage to be delivered to the guests' cabins, so everyone is out exploring every nook and cranny of the ship. A line forms at guest services because there is always a subset of guests who love to complain to get free amenities from Wayfarer Cruise Lines. No one likes these guests, but to be fair, you don't get a complimentary crudité platter for being polite. It's still early in the day at this point, so my shift at the Lonely Hearts Club hasn't started, and I'm able to wander the ship and people watch. It's fun to scope out which guests may be attending my show later in the evening. There was an older man sitting alone at the atrium bar. He wore a salmon polo tucked into his khaki shorts. The man ordered two beers. I watched him slowly finish one, look around sadly, and then walk away, leaving the second beer untouched at the bar. I knew I would be seeing this man in my lounge. The atrium is a great place, both for guests to get their bearings and for me to clandestinely observe and judge them. I like watching as they marvel at the scale of the room. Wayfarer Cruise Lines spared no expense when building the Paradise, and the atrium, with its massive, twisting chandelier, is really the centerpiece of it all. Guests stare at the slowly shifting colors of the glass roots of the hanging monstrosity. To stare too long at the chandelier is to tempt madness. I recommend getting a daiquiri at the atrium bar. Alejandro from Guatemala makes the best daiquiris, and he works the day shift. Another thing to do on Embarkation Day is to reserve any specialty dining or entertainment you want to experience during your cruise. 
I recommend doing this as early as possible so you get the best times. There are nearly 4,000 guests on board the Paradise after all, and they all want tickets to see Wayfarer Cruise Line's 90-minute cut of MAME. All of them. So reserve your spot early. I haven't gotten the chance to see MAME yet, but I have heard great and terrible rumors. It is the only production of MAME on the high seas. I haven't met anyone from the cast of MAME yet in the crew areas of the ship. I think their quarters must be on a lower deck than mine. Decks 0 through 4 are all restricted on the Paradise, no guests allowed. My cabin is on deck 3, where the crew cafeteria is located. For those of you who don't know, most of the crew on a ship are not allowed in guest areas, unless required by their job. So, for instance, housekeeping is only set free of the laundry room when it is time to clean the guests' staterooms. The laundry room is on deck two, and you can hear the wailing of the housekeepers through the floor. For us entertainers, however, there is a little more freedom. Most of us are allowed to spend our free time in guest areas of the ship, so long as we wear a name tag and remain clearly marked. This means I'm able to eat in any of the 14 restaurants offered to our guests aboard the Paradise. This really is a great perk for us. The American Dream Diner on Deck 12 aft has an incredible burger topped with a crab cake. I don't know what they put in that burger, but it's to die for. I haven't yet been to the crew cafeteria, but Armando from the Philippines, the bartender at the Lonely Hearts Club who I met during orientation, told me that they offer traditional dishes from the home countries of the crew. Armando, being from the Philippines, invited me to try some pancit for dinner sometime. I can't wait. Shout out to you, Armando. After the guests are settled into their cabins and their luggage has been delivered, they are encouraged to get changed for dinner. While other cruise lines boast about casual dining, Wayfarer Cruise Line insists on keeping the old ways. Specifically, the tradition of more elegant evenings. During the day, shorts are encouraged. Wear that tank top to the pool. You're on vacation. You've earned it. But once it gets to be 6 o'clock, it's time to put on that suit or that gown and experience a little taste of old world elegance. Lava cake just tastes better when you're wearing a tie. Some guests resist this policy and attempt to wear shorts to dinner. I do not recommend doing this. I'd tell you what happens to those guests who wear flip-flops to the main dining room, but nobody ever sees them after that. After dinner is when my shift starts and the nightlife bars open. In addition to the Lonely Hearts Club, there are many ways to drink away your evening. The Corner Pocket Sports Bar and Pool Hall is on Deck 7, as is the Skull and Bitter, a traditional Irish pub. On Decks 9 and 10 is the Casino, which takes up most of those decks midship, with the atrium piercing its center. The chandelier is visible from every part of the Casino, so make sure you keep your eyes on your slot machine keep spinning. Don't look away. Just one more pull. Just one more. 
For those of you looking to put your dancing shoes on, there are two dance venues on the Paradise. The main club is called Mist, with a Y, and is located on Deck 12 Forward. Here you can hear all of the latest Top 40 hits spun by Paradise's own DJ Jagged, and take shots without having to worry about needing to take an Uber home. Just hop on the elevator to your cabin and stay off your balcony until you sober up. It's a long way down. The other dance club is a country line dancing bar called the Mason-Dixon Line. I hope you brought your cowboy boots. I hope to God you didn't forget your cowboy boots. Mercy on you if you don't have your cowboy boots. On embarkation day, I like to begin my set at the Lonely Hearts Club with a little fun banter. I feel like it sets a good tone for the week. If you're cruising alone, I feel like you'd want to find somewhere you feel comfortable. The ship is gargantuan. For anyone who's lived in New York, you know how isolating it can be when alone among so many other people. Maybe mist is a little too wild for you. Maybe the corner pocket sports bar and pool hall reminds you too much of that bar from your hometown where the people you don't like from high school still hang out. Maybe the casino's proximity to the chandelier fills your mind with vivid images of a writhing mass of ancient tentacles reaching out for your face from the abyss. Maybe Mason-Dixon line is too... southern. Whatever your reasons, when you hear me perform, I want you to feel welcome. I want you to know that no matter what happens, you're safe in the Lonely Hearts Club. Don't worry. There's nothing beyond the curtain behind the piano. It's just a wall. No one can hide there. I've tried. Head to the bar and order a drink from Armando from the Philippines. He makes quite the mojito. Shout out to you, Armando. I noticed that the man in the salmon polo who ordered two beers from the atrium bar at embarkation but only drank one was sitting in my lounge. He had again ordered two drinks and was sitting alone at one of the tables. He seemed preoccupied, as if he was expecting someone. You ever sit at a bar waiting on a date? Maybe it was a match from a dating app, or a blind date set up by a well-meaning but misguided friend. You never want to seem too eager, but you also don't want to arrive too late. I guess the goal is not to be the first one to arrive, but also not to inconvenience your date by making them wait too long. When you're first and waiting, there's a hyper-awareness of your surroundings. Everyone can see that you're alone at the bar. Everyone knows. They can tell you're waiting for someone, too. You're constantly checking your phone for a text message saying they got caught up in something and will have to reschedule. They won't reschedule. Your eyes dart around to each person walking in the door. Everyone knows you've never met the person you're waiting for. You don't know their face, so you spend just too long looking at each new person coming in. Everyone can tell. Your desperation is deafening. 
everyone else is in love except you. I was curious about the man in the salmon polo, and I went up to his table on one of my breaks between sets. I asked him if I could join him for a drink. He agreed, and I sat down. I asked him if he was cruising alone. He told me he was. I asked him about the second drink he would order, but not touch. He looked at me puzzled. I explained that I had been watching him in the atrium bar earlier. He seemed a little taken aback by that, so I clarified that with the advent of modern closed-circuit security camera systems, there is never a moment when you aren't being watched. This did not comfort the man. My name is Jim, the man said. My wife, she left on a cruise years ago and didn't come home. Wayfarer Cruise Line launched some kind of investigation, but they didn't find anything. Or maybe they did and they covered it up. I don't know. He took a sip of his beer. What I do know is that not long after I reported her missing, I received a postcard in the mail. It was from her. Her handwriting and everything. There was a short message about how much she was enjoying her vacation and how much she wished I was with her. On the back was a picture of the paradise. I thought this postcard must have been sent while she was on the cruise and it just took a long time to get to me. But then I got another and another. And as the weeks went on, I kept getting postcards from my wife. All otherwise normal messages from the vacation of a lifetime. All with a picture of the paradise on the back. I told Wayfarer about the postcards. Either she was still alive or this was some sick joke. Wayfarer dismissed me, saying it was impossible and the case was closed, but the postcards continued to come. I asked him how long ago did his wife go missing. Five years, he said. I said, well, that's impossible. The paradise has only been at sea for two years. Huh, he said. Surely it's been longer than that. Anyway, I decided to take matters into my own hands. I figured I'd go on a cruise and explore the paradise myself. Maybe find some answers to my wife's disappearance. At least, maybe I can figure out who's been sending me these postcards and why. So why the second beer? I asked. Because, he said. I'm still hopeful she'll walk through that door at any moment. And when she does, this beer is her favorite. I nodded. It's time I play another set, sir. Got any requests? Call me Jim, please. He smiled. Do you know Blue Moon? That was her favorite. You got it, Jim. I hope you enjoy your time on the paradise. 
As I returned to the piano, he asked Armando from the Philippines for two more beers, despite the full beer already at his table. He handed me one and clinked our glasses together. I think I will, he said. I think I will. The beer was poured perfectly. Shout out to you, Armando. <laughs>